Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm Jack Ricks in the studio today with Ollie Marriage. Hello. I'm um, Rowan Horncastle. Hello. Yeah, I'm here too. <laughs> Weirdly, I normally go to Rome first and I just flip the oh, flip script. Caught me on, I didn't know what was going to happen. This is going to be crazy, guys. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> well, that's how I just like to keep you on your toes. Uh, so today, we are talking about uh, Ineos. So Ineos are at it again. They've, what are they at? Yeah, what have they been at? at? Yeah, they've, they've bought another at launching football cars. club. Uh, no, oh, no, no, cars, cars. Yeah, no cars. I'm not talking about um, chemicals or football clubs or anything. Sailing, or cycling, cycling team, cycling. Yeah. Um, no. So Ineos, uh, the Ineos Grenadier. That's the one that you've probably heard of. Wait, no, no, no. I think we should record scratch for the people who don't know what is Ineos, apart from the petrochemical company. It's one man's kind of Land yeah. Rover vision, isn't it? Yeah, or yeah. off-roading vision, as we're going to yeah, find so out. Yeah, so it's a guy called Jim Ratcliffe, who's one of the UK's richest men. Um, and he, uh, as the story goes, was sitting in a pub called the Grenadier in London with, with some mates, and they were mourning the, the loss of the old Defender. So this is when the old Defender went out of production um, before the new Defender came along, and he saw a gap in the market for that kind of what would you call it? A kind of honest, mechanical, back to basics, old school, kind of yeah. old school, old school four by four. And when you've got literally tens of billions in the bank, you can just you can bankroll your own car. You company. can just go make. You can make take one. your saltiness and just make your own car company because yeah. someone yeah. else wouldn't build it for you. Yeah, I think at last count he'd uh, sunk about I think about five billion into into the uh, yeah. project so far, but. Mm-hmm. You know, the Grenadier exists. It's a production car. It has mm-hmm. has merits. It's not perfect, as I'm sure we'll discuss in a minute. But, um, yeah, he's not hanging about because the news is that they're about to launch their second car. Well, they've revealed um, their second model line, which is called... Rowan, what's the name again? Fusilier. It's the it's the Fusilier. It's, <laughs> it's Fusilier, yeah. Is it the Ineos Pasta department? Is it, yeah. Is it, is it Twizzly? I the, think it's the, the Twizzly, yes, the Twizzly, twizzly one, one, which is good with uh, tomato and sweet corn. A bit so it's either Fusilier or Fusilier, we're not sure. I think it's the Fusilier. fusilier. He likes a bit of military uh, yeah. uh, action to go with his names. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's called the Fusilier. Now, this it wasn't a total secret. Um, Jim Ratcliffe had spoken about it in the past, that he wanted to make a slightly smaller model that was pure electric. Mm. Um which makes sense, and that is this car. But there was a bit of news. Um, well, we got to look at it. We've got to look at some renderings of it, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's a different powertrain option as well. They've obviously had second thoughts about only selling it as a pure electric. What's the, what's the second powertrain option? It's a V16. <laughs> Excellent. Twin supercharged running on yeah. methanol. No, it's not. <laughs> it's electric with a range extender. Uh, we're not sure what. It is where that range extender is. Well, it might is. be a V16 range extender. You don't know. That's what, you, yeah, you, you never know. <laughs> when you've got that sort of, you know, lolly, you can you can have whatever engine you want. Mate. You put it on the roof. Yeah, it goes on the roof rack, <laughs> and it just drips through a straw uh, power to, to, to the electric, um, which actually isn't a stupid, it isn't a stupid no. option for it. Um, what, a V16 twin? <laughs> no, no, that's on the roof stupid. rack. But a range extender. No, a range extender is good. Because, yeah. you know, we've got the... 
G EQG. It's not called an EQG anymore. It's got no, another name. It's got some Have ridiculous. They actually said it's a range extender rather than a hybrid. A yes, it specifically hybrid. says uh, range extender. Uh, I think it even says like a small petrol range extender engine. Yeah, because in some parts of the world, it's very hard to get to a charging station when you're in an urban environment. This is a car that's meant to be going to the back beyond, mm. and there aren't many 300 kilowatt fast chargers out there. Yeah. So if you want to go do proper adventuring, you need kind of a, a way to keep so the battery topped up. two electric cars, and one of them's got a range extender in it as well. Yes. This sounds a lot like a BMW plot to me. Really? So well, this they, your... They're already using engines from BMW, aren't they, for the, for mm-hmm. the Grenadier? Yeah, the six so cylinders. They've gone, yeah. yeah, they'll have gone to BMW and gone, oh, you did that electric thing. I'm hoping it's not an i3 powertrain because that's not going to move that No, no, that's, that that's not going to shift it, is <laughs> yeah. it? But um, also, it's not a stupid idea. Audi have just won the Dakar Rally, the longest, mm. hardest off-road desert race, yeah. with an electric car with a range extender. Yes, mm. the range extender may have been a DTM race car engine, <laughs> but fundamentally, if you break it down, yeah. it's the same theory. And that's what shows that you can go across you know, the world's most brutal terrain at race speeds if you have this technology. If yeah. it was pure EV... You would go 100 miles, yeah. less if you're in a dune, and you get stuck, and then you're yeah. screwed. I think it might be slightly less glamorous than that, in that they've looked at the sales figures, and uh, pure electrics uh, still growing, but maybe not growing as quickly as they initially anticipated. And if you're only offering a pure electric version, then you're only covering this tiny sliver of the market for, yeah. for electric well, I th- I off-roaders. I think they've already got that problem, because with the existing Grenadier, surely once you've hit, those first wave of buyers, those are the people that want the car. They aren't, they aren't coming back. And you're pitching that as a very long-lived vehicle. They're not going to be yeah. coming back in three years. Yeah, yeah. They, they're saying this thing is durable and robust. Brilliant. I'll have one. It'll see me out. So they've got that. So they're not going to be getting much repeat customer down three years, four years down the track. And they've got a car that is, it's a bit of an acquired taste. So I think you once you've sold it to all those sort of people wanting and a defender with a bit yeah. more comfort, an old defender with a bit more comfort, they've got a, they've been struggling to find an audience. So now they can do this, and they can go. No, this is the this, this is the electric. I, I, I did think exactly. Yeah. You know, once you've sold all the grenadiers to the salty people who don't like the new defender mm. and want something old school, who is there afterwards? Because then people will say, yeah. "Where's the touch? You know, where well, is this? We, Why don't we, I just have we, a new defender?" We set about answering that in the feature we did last year, didn't we? With with the Greg Potts did brilliantly. Was going go and meet. Defender people, people that rely on defenders. Um, there were sort of farmers and and firefighters, rescue workers, and, and, workers and stuff like this. And, yeah, um, and present them with the grenadier and say, "Would would you like this instead?" And I, I was sort of university, like, "No, no, the old defender does that job perfectly." Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is a limited market. This is definitely going to expand it out. Um, you know, now that it's an electric, it, it will be much sort of smoother and simpler to drive. I expect you're going to. It, it might start becoming a bit of a sort of fashion accessory around town. Because, they already yes. are. I'm seeing the Grenadiers yeah, yeah. in London, mm. especially when they've got the, uh, because of the ladder frame chassis, you can you can paint the, the chassis a different colour. So oh, you yeah. see the underneath of it. So it's like a baboon's arse when you're like going around <laughs> Knightsbridge. Someone's got a blue top and a red arse <laughs> to go <laughs> underneath. Um, but, but we, so we have got pictures of the Fusilier. Mm. Yeah. Um, Rowan, you're doing quite an interesting little flippy Comparo with the with the Grenadier, Grenadier. Um, it's literally uh, a front three quarter rendering in a variety of colours, some of which are quite alarming. There's a sort of highlighter yellow and a and, and let's just talk about science. So um, where the first where the Grenadier was like riffing off the Defender massively, 
This new one is riffing with bumpers. The lights are quite similar anyway. Uh, to the G Wagon, yeah. which is coming. And interesting, it's being made in the same place by the same people who make yeah. the G Wagon. Mm. Um, you can see there's a slight ride height reduction because it's like you can see the battery pack in the renders uh, underneath, and it's a bit more chamfered off and smoother than the other one. Yeah. Uh, it's the car is meant to be a bit smaller too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it must use the same chassis still, I'm guessing. I suspect they've just dropped the ride height, dropped the roof line, yeah. chopped the front and back bit. Back bit. Maybe taken a bit out of the wheelbase. But yeah. I, th- I, I think know. it's a, a better looking car than the... Um, I do too. I think it's pretty yeah, good. I think, I think you're totally right. It's leaning more towards G-Wagon than, mm. than Defender. It's chunkier. It looks a, a bit chunkier thing. when you mm, see the, the two images back to back. But I just hope that they've sorted some of the simple... Um, kind of details that were missed on the Grenadier. Such as? Well, a speedo that you can see in front of you would be nice, so head up <laughs> display, instead of having to look right to see how fast you're going. And then it's on a very complicated kind of jumbo jet like fixture somewhere and you don't know what's going on. Um, I hope there's somewhere to put your left leg because in the, in the right-hand drive um, option in the Grenadier, that's not a case, so you get cramped quite easily. I hope the steering is slightly improved and has... Uh, um, self-centering which kind of works mm-hmm. and I hope the back door I need to check out because it's got the, the the smaller door yeah. and then the bigger On door the left. you want the bigger yeah. door to open for the smaller door otherwise you're just doubling your workload by mm-hmm. opening two doors um, and other little you know dynamic traits which Ollie I'm sure you can get onto too that they need we to improve this section of the podcast Joan's uh, Rowan's jobs for the facelift <laughs> oh, <laughs> and we need the wipers to, to every manufacturer <laughs> you have manufacturers <laughs> up and down the land tuning in well, you, and the wind, the wipers need list. to be able to clear the rain and mud from the screen, oh, especially when you're Harker yeah. off-roader. But you're blind because you did it for a left-hand uh, drive car yeah. rather than a right-hand drive car. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it will be interesting to see how it's received and I think just general electric SUVs. Mm. They will be fashion pieces in town. That's mm. fine because that's where you can charge them. Mm. But then will people will go road? for the Merc won't they? I don't know. Um, well, we'll see. Mm. And um, you're probably noticing that around about this point, we're slightly clutching at straws in terms of like technical details. You know, Ollie's yeah. making some very brave and bold <laughs> um, speculation around yeah. what, uh, what the platform mm. is. Is it mm. BMW uh, powertrain tech? Is it just a chop down version? We don't know. Mm. Because the press release basically tells us it's called Nothing. the Fu- it's called the Fusilier <laughs> slash Fusilier, um, and then they talk about electric. the Quartermaster, the Grenadier a lot. Yes, it's yeah, yeah. Um, the actual But car. in terms of tech details, price, no chance. Power, mm. um, yeah, nothing. Chassis, platform details, absolutely nothing. But we're lucky. Well, mm. we might be lucky. We'll see. But uh, Jason Barlow is down the pub, literally. We're not making this up. I know often in podcast world, timelines are, are slightly bendy. But um, Jason Barlow is in the pub, the pub, the Grenadier pub of yeah. first intro to this pod fame where um, Jim Ratcliffe came up with the whole idea for this car company um, for the reveal of this model. We've got the early press release and a few pictures of it, hence why we can have this slightly stilted conversation. But Barlow is in the pub. With At Jim. 11 11 a.m. on a Friday. Yeah. How yeah. media is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the good old days. With Jim Ratcliffe, um, and he's there. So what we want to do is we're going to go live to... We're, gonna go, we're going live 
director Jason Barlow in the pub. Excuse the audio, he's on his AirPods, so it might not be studio quality, but... Um, and, hey. he's, and he's chewing pork scratchings and a couple of chilli nuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, sloshing back a couple of pints of Peroni. But um, uh, hopefully he can add some more sort of colour to it, tell us what the event's like, what the mood in the room is like, and hopefully some more technical details for us to get our teeth into. Jason, are you there? Jason, I thought you gave up drinking years ago, and yet it's 1pm on a Friday and you're in the pub. What's going on? <laughs> well, I'm not in the pub, Jack. I'm in the basement. I'm in the cellar of the famous Grenadier pub in Belgravia and in, in, in London's, well, Knightsbridge area, Belgravia. It's it's quite weird. Um, it's it's a small pub, the Grenadier. Obviously, it's it's well known. I, th- I think Ineos owns it. Sir Jim Ratcliffe, Britain's richest man, owns this pub, amongst many other things. Um, it's also the place where the, the inspiration for uh, for the name came from. But today, they have renamed it the Fusilier because that is the name of the new Ineos car. And it, it's actually, weirdly, I'm sitting in, in the basement of the pub and I can see the car. I could almost touch it. It's just the other side of where I'm sitting. And there are some people kind of doing stuff around it. But it's it's I could almost reach it, almost touch it. It's so close. So there is... So there is a physical car there because we um, we got some early renderings uh, and and a few words on a press release that we've been sort of debating a little bit in the studio. But um, there is a physical model, or is it a working car? It's a it's a well, it's a physical model. It's full size. Uh, it looks. Oh my god! I think there's hailstones outside. Sorry. Oh my god! There's hailstones bouncing off the laptop. <laughs> this is hilarious. What a bizarre place to try and do a broadcast from of any sort. Yes, there's hailstones coming into my cup of tea. Hello, guys. I'm just, there's some men out here now as well. Yeah, there's a, can you give me five minutes, guys? Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, well, well, Jason, we wanted colour. You've got it. From the, uh, from the launch event of the new Fusilier, and we're getting you it. Getting so it. this is all I good. I can't believe that. The, yeah, anyway. Yes, the real thing is sitting outside. Um... It uh, sits on a new a new chassis. Um, it's um, what can I tell you? It's fully electric. But probably the most interesting thing about it is that they're also going to do a version of it with a range extender. So uh, it's a technology. That, well, Sir Jim actually mentioned. I asked him why have you gone that route? As far as I could work, I think Mazda do it with the MX30. BMW did it with the i3, but of course they backed away from it. Ineos, true to form. That, that, that's that's the route they've decided to go. And he just said, he said, well, look, if there was a choice of a fully electric one and one with a range extender, I know which one I would choose. You know, and that that seems to be Sir Jim Ratcliffe's kind of ethos, really. He has clearly, I mean, he's Britain's richest man, so his instincts have served him well, obviously. And he seems to be applying that to the cars. You know, he's building the cars that he wants and that he would use. He knows he needs an electric car, but he also wants the, you know, a range extender. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's 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 really there's a, there's a few sort of occasions in the industry where a company is so, it's built around one man or woman, but their vision um, it's all about what they want, how they see it. You know, usually it's kind of in the hypercar space. You get your Christian von Koenigseggs and Horatio Paganis and stuff, but rarely is it in this kind of more mainstream kind of area. But it really is the the Jim Ratcliffe show. You know, he sat in that pub famously and said, oh, oh, the old Defenders going out of production. That's a shame. I'll, I'll make my own one. 
and now he's sort of you know he's building his perfect electric car and then he's adding in a range extender because actually that'll make it a bit more useful it's 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 like the inside of his head isn't it it is and as i say you you, you know to some extent we, you know we, we've all worked in, in and around this industry and written about it for for many years and we kind of think we we know when we know the oems have their path we think we know the correct way to go with things and then someone like jim ratcliffe comes along and goes well actually i don't agree i'm going to do it this way you know the whole thing about he talks a lot about america i think it's important to maybe give you some updates about any they sold eighteen thousand cars last year they want to do twenty five thousand this year and they're targeting thirty thousand um in 2025 um sales in america apparently are exceeding expectations uh, it's not a, a leap of the imagination to think that america is a market that you know they like big, roughy, tufty utilitarian cars out there. So they like they like the Grenadier. We're not going to see this model, the Fusilier, until probably 2027. When I say see, I mean drive. But yeah, I mean his whole thing is look, the the kind of the establishment is forcing electric cars on on everybody in Europe in particular, and a lot of people are going, well, we don't want one. We're, we're, we don't. We're, we're worried about range. Uh, we're worried about infrastructure. It just—it's not working for me in my life. And he—and he—he's so straightforward about these things. He just sort of sits there and and says it as it is. And you go, yeah, yeah I could argue with some of that, but then I'm not the richest man in Britain and New York. So what? What I? <laughs> Can I just say yeah, second, is, second or third richest? A hailstone has just landed in the in the edge of. I'm going to have to wait for that to melt. I think before I can get. That. Can I just ask, how is it hailing inside a pub? Well, is, is there holes in the walls? I I'm down in the basement, and the, the basically they've turned this into a sort of hub to all the things. Lots of bits of equipment are plugged in down here that they've used for the launch. Um, yeah. Because um, our old friend and colleague Richard Hammond was hosting the uh, the, the, the presentation of the Fusilier. Oh, it's good. To come, the hamster. How is he? He's good. Yeah, he's very good. I had a good good, good catch up with him. He seems pretty happy. You know, we talked about his little car company and everything. So yeah, all good. But I'm so I'm I'm kind of in a basement but kind of level with people's feet outside <laughs> it's glamorous it's all it's all glamour being a car journalist i just wanted um to quiz you a little bit jason you mentioned uh the it's on a new chassis um we were sort of taking kind of pot shot speculation in the studio about like where that technology comes from is it is it a bmw electric platform is it a bmw range extender engine do they do they know yet? No. Well, they haven't told us very much. I can give you some bits and bobs. Um, it's the the range. First of all, the, the batteries are coming from Samsung. Uh, I think they're ba they basically showed their hand. This is the design of the car. I don't know about you, Jack. I really like the way it looks. It's yeah. softens off. You know, I, I think the Grenadier was 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 an interesting thing. The thing I've said to Toby Acquire, who's the, the, the Ineos's chief designer. Every time I see a Grenadier, which which isn't that often, I think there's there's more and more of them appearing. But I, I always I always do get this kind of gut reaction. I go, wow, that's quite interesting. I know some people thought it was a, you know, an Ursatz kind of G wagon or a Defender knockoff or whatever. But actually, I think when you see them on the move, there is quite a compelling quality to the design. And the Fusilier, well, it, Toby said they've just tried to make it a bit more approachable. So, you know, the early adopters all have all got their Grenadiers. They've so Enios has realized that the next step is 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 selling cars or trying to reach an audience that isn't, you know, a hardcore off-roader, but but might have room in their lives for a kind of pretty tough, usable, 
um, all-purpose vehicle. And I think the Fusilier moves the brand much more in that direction, as well as the yeah. fully electric car. No, I agree. We're, so I'm, we're literally running off. There's a kind of 30-second digital um, video they, they, they've given us uh, where you get a 360 of the car and then a front three-quarter. Instantly, it just looks, as you say, they've chamfered the edges. It looks kind of more compact and solid, slightly lower, a bit more rounded, a bit more friendly. Um, yeah, it's sort of in, instantly more more pleasing. And yeah, I, I think it's quite a good move because this this will become the volume model. Yeah, um, I'd imagine, and then you uh, the, the Grenadier can can happily live its life being, you know, Jim's ultimate vision of like the tough as nails Armageddon proof <laughs> off roader. Yeah, you know, so it allows it to be the car he always wanted it to be, and this car can sort of morph to fit the sales charts yeah, a bit Yeah, exactly. I, I can tell you a little bit about the, the range extender thing. I mean, they, they basically haven't decided. I mean, the, the, the engine doesn't exist yet. So and they're not sure where they're going to get it from. But, um, you know, as he said, uh, it doesn't vary in tempo. It runs as a generator. So it doesn't It doesn't need variable valves. It doesn't need any any trick stuff at all. It just basically is a generator. So it, it can probably be quite a, you know, industrial sort of engine. And it will just sit at a, at a steady state, RPM. You know, it's not going to have to do anything other than be a generator for the for the main the main show, the main powertrain. You know, um, yeah. I, his his big thing is, I think, you know, the big picture is he feels that electric cars are being forced on people, particularly in Europe. Um, we know why the big car companies are are going down that road. They feel like they have no choice. We know that there are some issues. We know that some of the, the sales aren't as strong as they should be. Um, and he's sorry. There's a man with a ladder outside now. <laughs> I think they're dismantling the uh, the stage outside. Um, yeah. yeah. And he, with his kind of impeccable sort of irrefutable logic, he's going. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. It's not that way in America. I think he believes in a in a in a sort of, you know. The electrification route is not the silver bullet. It's one of the answers. Hydrogen is another one. And as he said, there's still huge gains to be made in combustion. And, you know, this is a man who owns a third of the Mercedes AMG F1 team. He, he says, look at what's being achieved there. You know, the Formula One engine is, the, given the performance that it, that it generates, the world's most efficient combustion engine in a way, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, that's, that's the angle he's coming from, you know? Yeah. And you, you said earlier, he's not, he's not conventional, you know, he doesn't follow industry norms. So tell us, what was this event like today? Did, did, um, was it very informal? Were you sitting around kind of wooden tables with uh, people with pints in their hand? Or what, what, what was the event? Because A, car launches in pubs, it's not your normal venue. No, but then car companies don't don't actually own that many pubs, do they? I suppose. Um, and of course, the Grenadier, the idea for it was, so we're told, was originally conceived in in this very pub. Well, I mean, upstairs, as I say, I'm in the basement. Um, yeah, I no, I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, to to to, to one extent, as I sit and look outside, you know. You can probably hear the ladders moving around. There, there was a stand outside. We're in, we're up a little Muse Street, in a in a very, very, very expensive part of London. This is a pub that you would not find unless you you were looking for it. I, again, you know, we know we're actually the 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 pub industry is is in, in in dire crisis in the UK. You know, they're they're closing down. It's an area of business that uh, 
is a bit of a struggle and, and it would be a terrible shame because it's a huge part of the cultural fabric of the UK. But I get the feeling that uh, the, this, this particular pub, the Grenadier, is not a pub that really struggles. I'm, I'm sure the locals around here, uh, well, and, and Ineos Insider did say to me, he said, you know, they, they, they do know who most of the neighbours are because they need to know because they're next door to a pub. Um, he said, but we don't know what these people do for a living. And I would probably buy streets like this one. So yeah, I was going to say, or they don't, they don't want you to know. They they mostly they don't want it, you yeah. to know. So yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we, we all basically, uh, and it, it's, it's a very small pub actually. So I think there were 30 media here. I know there were some, some guys, some friend. In fact, there's a very good friend of mine who lives in Italy, an Australian journalist. He's, he's writing up his piece in another room in the yeah. basement. Um, and yeah, and we all were all crammed in to the pub. The Q and A was held. Uh, it was Toby Acquire, uh, Jim Ratcliffe, and um, and Richard Hammond, and it was live streamed. And um, yeah, I mean, it was. Someone said you're going to have to get your elbows out if you want to get hold of people. Well, I mean, if I move my elbows, oh. I hit someone in in the stomach. So I had to be careful. You've you've got the pointiest elbows in the industry, Jason. They're quite long. I, I didn't doubt you for a second. They're quite long. Um, that's awesome. All right, Jason, look, I'll let you um, get back to your pork scratchings um, before they ah, literally no. dismantle the Scotch pub. Egg. There's Scotch egg. Famously <laughs> Scotch egg. On the menu. Yeah. Oh, for our international listeners, um, well, look it up. A Scotch egg. It's a rare treat. It's a rare treat. But, it's um, rare, Jason, Jack. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us uh, in less than ideal conditions, but um, good fun to get some colour from, oh, from the actual event itself. It's been a pleasure, Jack. It's been good. It's funny. Yeah, I mean the the humming you can hear is probably the industrial fridge behind me. So yeah, uh, I've never chilling down the beer. Yeah, exactly. All right, take it easy. Cheers, Jason. Jason. Bye. Okay, thank you, Jason Barlow, in the pub, but not drinking. Apparently, um, that was fascinating. Closing thoughts. Yeah, the motor show's dead, but the car launch in the pub is very much yeah. happening. That's we the approve. Thing. Top Gear approved. Um, Just... No, it is interesting. There's so much to. What's really interesting with Ineos is that it's a new brand and there's lots to talk mm. about. And then there's lots to write and Jim's super interesting. Yeah. For the it's, last it's issue, a, we went on holiday with him, didn't we? It's a car company run by an individual, exactly. isn't it? They're, and always the get, and they're always the most interesting. They're the most interesting. You've they're, got a bloke at the top calling all the shots, yeah. whether it's Elon or Yeah, Jim. it's a good point. Elon, yeah, uh, Jim in this case. Bob Lutz. Um, Bob Lutz, yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian von Koenigsegg, Gordon Murray. Yeah. You know, all Her- the little Horatio. But it's uh, unusual to have someone doing a big off-road company. And this determined, you know, Mm. he's sunk a lot of money in it and he's Mm. digging deeper. But when you're that deep, you just got to keep on, what's the phrase? Keep digging. Digging. (laughs) (laughs) Keep putting the the cash in the fire. But what, I was just thinking about this while Jason was on the phone while you were speaking to him. If this was launched by a Chinese car manufacturer, not Ineos, if we just saw a car that looked like this, that came from China and was electric, what would our views be on it? Because, you know, this was a land wind 10 years ago. You know those Land Rover oh, rimmels from China? Uh, that yeah, was the, yeah. They did an evoke that was... Exactly the same. Yeah. And like, they've obviously thought about this and seen the Defender. However, China is coming on stream with really impressive EVs mm. now and technology. <clears throat> and there's a the Yangwang U8. Do you know about that? Oh, do I know about it? <laughs> BYD, I'm a big fan. Can I just say, no, no, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't know about the Yangwang? Yangwang is BYD's like SUV company. And they've taken the new Defender and added a bit more of a Chinese aesthetic, a.k.a. they've nicked all the Defender uh, lines and just made it look like a Defender. Um, it's completely electric. It's got a thousand... No, no, no. Oh, no. It's, it's, again, it's got a... It's a plug-in hybrid. Oh, it's actually, got, no, it is plug-in it's hybrid. It's got a range... I don't know if it's a range extender or sort of parallel hybrid, but... 
No, no, it's a range extender. Yeah. I've driven it. Oh, very oh, briefly. Sorry, I didn't know I was in the the presence of royalty. No, but yeah, because it's, it's effectively an electric drivetrain. But it's got 1,000 horsepower. It weighs it something near like four tons. However, it can float. It has a system where you can oh, I drive it for 30 this. minutes and then use yep. the, the, the wheels and tires and the drivetrain to do that. Gyms can't do that. And <laughs> well, we, the interior is pretty, really impressive in the Yang Wang too. We'd, well, can I t- I'll just pause you there. Um, do you remember Elon Musk, before the Cybertruck was launched, said, oh, and the, the Cybertruck can, can act briefly as a boat, as a floating vessel, and everyone got very excited. It was like, well, this is the, <laughs> briefly as a this boat. Is the, the cool... And then, and then he clarified, well, everything Six will float <laughs> briefly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bowling ball is a very briefly a I mean, boat. It's going to be an expensive one. group test as we just lob SUV <laughs> after SUV into a lake, going, yeah. that yeah. one floated for three and a half seconds. That yeah. was good. Yeah. But we've asked, and we're going to try and do it. But I just thought that, you know, uh, where is our prejudice with people and brands that look like other cars and where they come from? How good? And I think it says a lot about where the Chinese are now coming onto the market, where we can take the Yang Wang seriously. Because at the face of it, it's the same as what Jim Ineos is doing. New brands kind of reinventing something else that looked like something else um, and electrifying it. So we see it's interesting. So that's the group test. Yang Wang U8 versus... Uh, in your pasta dish, twiz- Twizzle Pasta, <laughs> um, coming to Top Gear soon. Coming to Top Gear soon. You, you, you heard it here first. So, um, yeah, uh, head to topgear.com. Make sure you, uh, you read the details. So we, we're going to do, um, yeah, we'll have multiple bites of this and, and uh, there should be a story up there from, from Jason and an opinion piece on what, what he learned at the event itself. But let us know uh, what you think of the new uh, Ineos Fusili. Um, we'd love to know because we're not really sure um, whether it's a well, Chinese, we, we, Chinese clone or the future of <laughs> hardcore off-roaders. Who knows? Uh, we need to drive it, basically. That's always our get-out clause, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But Ineos seems like they're here to stay. You know, keep going. Keep going. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So like Jack says, subscribe. Subscribe.